During this holiday season and due to some family situations going on this season, I am currently taking a break from brand new content until the new year, but I really did not want to leave you guys hanging. So I'm bringing back another oldie, but a goodie this week from our archives just in time for the new year. In this episode, I share the four burnout habits not to bring into the new year. And while yes, it was released this time last year, and I mentioned 2023, I still feel like it's 100% relevant and such a good reminder. Every year we want to change everything, make a list of goals and resolutions to be better than ever before. But what if I told you that some of these things are leading you straight to burnout? In this episode, I share the four habits you want to avoid this year to finally recover from burnout and the brain science behind why number four is really not helping you at all. And no, I'm not telling you to set a resolution to lose 30 pounds this year before summer. I'm all about sustainability here. So I'm not going to tell you to set some unrealistic expectations on yourself. Instead, I hope this brings you a bit of a pep talk and just a reminder that 2024 is going to be your best year yet. So let's get into it. Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real, raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that, to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, filling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. This episode is sponsored by IXL. You guys know that I love finding ways to automate some of those time-intensive teacher tasks with technology. So if you're a teacher looking for ways to automate differentiation within your classroom, IXL gives teachers just what they need to be able to personalize instruction with a real-time diagnostic, comprehensive curriculum for grades K through 12, personalized guidance, and actionable analytics to help you make better instructional decisions each day. There is a reason that IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts, and that's because it works. Research has shown students who use IXL are scoring higher on tests. So whether you're looking for streamlined lesson planning with ready-made skills aligned to textbooks or state standards, classroom engagement tools to increase participation, or just to pinpoint struggle areas for your small group instruction, IXL has just what you need. With the school year ramping up, now is the best time to get IXL so that your students have access to the tools they really need to excel. And the Resilient Teacher Podcast listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash IXL to grab your 20% off, or you can grab the link in the show notes. 
Before we get into this episode, I want to give a community reviewer of the week shout out to Isis Clay, who was a guest on the podcast in episode 29, and she left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She gave us all the deets about compassion fatigue. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go and do that now because she is one of my favorite people to hear speak, and she's just so relatable. And she says, Brittany is so invested in helping other educators recover from burnout, and it's super evident in the episodes that she presents on this podcast. You owe it to yourself to subscribe and tune in regularly to stay on top of your mental wellness. And first off, like Isis, if you're listening, this means so much to me coming from you because you are such a knowledgeable and amazing advocate for teacher mental wellness. So thank you so, 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 so much. Seriously, if you're not already following her, you probably should go and do that. But she's right. I am invested in helping other educators recover from burnout because I've been there. I've done that. I bought the t-shirt and the snow globe, and I don't want any educator to feel like they have to remain stuck in the cycle of feeling like you're not enough, of overachieving or people-pleasing just to make a few dollars. I want educators to feel empowered. I want them to feel so empowered that they change the system of education because right now, it's not looking good. And I believe that we have more power than we give ourselves credit for, that we can overcome burnout and see it as a tool to create a life that we love. We can set boundaries and inspire others around us to do the same, and we can make teaching more sustainable. I just feel like we're the catalyst for change in the system. So if you're listening along, you like what you hear, please don't forget that your support means the world to me and helps me to reach other educators who need the support, validation, and strategy to really make their passion sustainable. Your reviews, your shares on social media, all of those things really help support this podcast. So please take the two seconds to do that because I'd love to chat more with you guys, the listeners of this podcast, and give you a shout out. So the start of a new year is always that time where we reflect and we're like, I want to change everything, but let's be real. Like we, we can't do it all. So I, I never want you to feel overwhelmed because you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I, I can't do all these strategies. I don't know. That's really not the point of sharing them. You're not supposed to do all the things. You're just supposed to listen and be like, hmm, I should try that. And if it's not working, like don't do it. And if it doesn't seem authentic, throw that out. But instead of giving you like what you should do in this episode, let's talk more about the four things that we do not want to be doing in 2023 so that we can kick that burnout to the curb. And the first thing we need to leave in 2023 is taking on way more than we can handle. This is the year that we're going to be setting unapologetic boundaries around our time and our energy rather than constantly trying to do everything and meet everybody else's expectations. So this means making sure that we're taking those breaks, that we're delegating tasks where possible, and we're not going to be afraid to say no when it's necessary. So teachers who are taking on more than they can handle often have some sort of perfectionism or people-pleasing tendencies, which I've talked about in previous pep talks. So if this resonates, kind of head back to those episodes. But seriously, like it's common for teachers to want to do everything that they can to support their students and help them succeed. But this year, we're going to break that habit and recognize that we have our own limitations and setting those boundaries that support them. This means being realistic about the amount of work that you can take on and not being afraid to say, no, when it's necessary. Look, when you're feeling overwhelmed and overburdened, it can be tempting to push through and try to do it all. I know, but 
This just keeps that cycle of burnout spinning and ultimately hinders your ability to be an effective teacher. So instead, let's try to prioritize your own well-being and take care of yourself first. This may be delegating those tasks to those other teachers or staff members, asking for help when you need it, taking those regular breaks to recharge your system. Never underestimate the power of rest. But it's also really important to recognize that rest doesn't always reset your nervous system or your stress level. So it's important to really engage in those activities that are going to help you manage that stress and recharge for optimal health exercise, meditation, spending time with your loved ones. These are all activities that can help you maintain that healthy work-life alignment and prevent that burnout. The second thing that we're not going to bring into 2023 is perpetuating negative thinking cycles. So it's normal to have these occasional feelings of burnout. But it's important to really recognize when these feelings are becoming chronic and taking a toll on your mental health. So negative thinking patterns are called cognitive distortions in psychology. Basically, a distorted thought or a cognitive distortion, and there's like a whole bunch of them, is an exaggerated pattern of thought that isn't really based on facts. So it leads you to viewing things more negatively than they really are. In other words, like cognitive distortions are your mind convincing you to believe this negative thing about yourself or the world that's not really true. Everyone really falls into this cognitive distortion pattern on an occasion. It's part of the human experience, and it happens particularly when we're already feeling down. So if you engage too frequently in these negative thoughts, your mental health can really take a hit, and that's why it's important to work with a therapist to really identify your specific cognitive distortions so that you'll know when your mind is playing tricks on you. That way you can reframe it and redirect your thoughts so that they have less of a negative impact on your mood and your behaviors. One example of a cognitive distortion, and like I said, there's like a bunch of them, is when you're observed for like your evaluation and your administrator compliments your hard work several times, how engaged you kept your students, but in the end, they make one improvement suggestion. Maybe like creating more varying degrees of questioning in your lesson plan and planning for that beforehand would really help you to get deeper into understanding with your students. So you leave that review and the observation evaluation, just kind of feeling miserable, and you really dwell on that suggestion all day long. That is an example of a cognitive distortion. So there's three exercises for challenging negative thought patterns, and I want to share those with you so that you'll have a strategy moving into the new year so that you don't take that habit with you. So the first one is the three good things exercise. So this exercise is really easy. It involves taking a few minutes each day just to write down three things that went well that day, along with an explanation of why that went well. So this can help you shift your focus away from those negative thoughts and towards the positive aspects of your day. The second one is the five senses exercise. And this one's really common, and I use it with my daughter. I also use this. But this is an exercise that really takes a few minutes to focus on each of your five senses in turn. For example, you're going to focus on the sights first. Then you'll move to what sounds you hear, what smells you smell, what tastes you have, and then the textures that are present in your environment. This is really going to help ground you in that present moment so that you can break that cycle of having these negative thoughts. And then the third one is the thought challenging exercise. Now, this one's a little bit more difficult, but this exercise really involves you taking a step back from the negative thoughts and evaluating them in a more objective way 
way. So for, for example, you might ask yourself if the thought is based on facts or evidence, if it's helpful or unhelpful, or if it's realistic or unrealistic. So this can help you reframe that negative thought and really prevent them from taking over. And I really go into more detail about this in the Individualized Educare program, but just to kind of give you an overview of three things that you can take with you. I really hate to interrupt this episode, but I've got to bring you this really quick and remind you that getting help from a licensed professional is not a weakness. If you've listened to more than just this episode, you will notice that all of the educators that I speak with cite that therapy helped them through their tough times. And hey, while this podcast is meant to be helpful, it is not a replacement for therapy. I know so many educators who struggle with finding quality therapy near them or have difficulty managing appointments to see a therapist when our schedules as educators aren't really conducive for appointments to get help. That's why I've partnered with Talkspace, which is a comprehensive online mental health treatment website with various options to meet all of your needs. You can get ongoing support from a licensed professional from the comfort of your home, your car, wherever, because it's completely virtual and they accept many insurance plans as well. Stop putting yourself on the back burner because of the commute times and the scheduling hassles. Head over and save $100 on your first month at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Talkspace and use the code SPACE, S-P-A-C-E, for flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyles and save money while receiving high-quality mental health care. Back to the episode. So the third habit that we're not taking into 2023 is isolation. Do not isolate yourself. It can be really tempting to withdraw or disconnect when you're feeling overwhelmed, but it's really important to maintain a supportive network and really reach out for help when you need it. You know, talking to colleagues, your friends, a therapist if you're struggling, and remembering that you don't have to face that burnout alone. Here's the truth. When you isolate yourself, it can be really difficult to cope with the challenges and demands of teaching. And that ultimately really leads to burnout. I've shared this before, but I've been there. I've done that. When I was deep in my burnout, I truly felt like no one would understand me. I felt very lonely, unable to tell those around me the struggles that I was really dealing with because I was afraid that people would see me as weak. And the thing is, is that I was doing that to myself. I was putting myself in that mindset that no one's going to understand me instead of really looking for that community that would support me and was really on the same journey as I was. And so when we feel disconnected from the people that we serve or the people that we work with, it really disconnects us from ourselves, especially for many of us as educators who are motivated by that sense of or have strong values in mission and purpose. So this disconnection can really lead to that depression, substance abuse, even suicide. So these are all well-noted burdens associated with loneliness. So while loneliness may not be in and of itself a symptom of burnout syndrome, it is universally a consequence. And loneliness can actually cause burnout and it, it really affects one's susceptibility to it. People in you know, the, the throes of work-related exhaustion, that self-doubt, that defeatism, they're more likely to withdraw 
right? They're interacting less and less with people and effectively isolating themselves from people around them. And those who are already experiencing the loneliness in their lives may really lack that emotional and the spiritual even resources required to really feel replenished and resilient under these challenging circumstances. So a person in this position can be really vulnerable to even more burnout, right? compounding those feelings of isolation, that loneliness. Remember, please, you do not have to face burnout alone. Seeking support from others can be an important part of preventing and managing that burnout. So don't be afraid to reach out for help when you need it. It can be difficult to find a community, yes, but that's why I've created the Resilient Teacher Community on Facebook so that we can have that connection with other like-minded educators and find that community that we need, even if it's not in our current school building, right? Building this community of support is a great starting point for developing that healthy coping mechanism that can really help combat the effects of burnout. So the purpose of this community is to give you that sense of belonging, right? We often form this instant connection with others who can personally relate to our own experiences. Not only can you share in those challenges, but you you can also in your love and your commitment to education or our students. So together, we're really stronger. Number two, this community is also a healthy sounding board. Who else can provide better advice than those people who have dealt with similar situations in the past or are currently working through those same challenges? We can learn a great deal from the advice and personal experiences of others. So talking about individual stressors, those coping mechanisms as a group, even if it's just like a small one, can be really helpful and even inspiring. And last, it's going to help you feel validated. Really, a community that understands your pain because they felt it too is one of those that helps you realize that others share some of those same negative and challenging feelings as you. And learning maybe how they're able to cope may be able to help you with your own. Talking with others who are either currently experiencing or have previously experienced burnout may also really provide you with that advice on those healthy coping mechanisms that are going to feel unique and authentic to you. So tapping into this community can also rekindle the joys of being an educator, the enthusiasm, the positive stories from others that can be contagious, reminding you of why you chose to be a teacher in the first place, as well as other positive motivators. You can head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash support squad or the link in the show notes to join us for more support if you're breaking that habit of isolation during these difficult times. And then number four. All right. This last one is a biggie. And it's probably going to make you say, like, what did she say? (laughs) But stop making New Year's resolutions. Just stop. I think that is one of those rituals that really doesn't make a lot of sense when you step away from that societal norm. Let me explain what I mean by that. First off, I hate that term resolutions. I guess the idea is positive, but the truth is that New Year's resolutions set these unrealistic expectations on high achievers. So if you're burned out, you might be one of these. And it really makes them feel like they have to improve themselves because our hustle culture has decided that every January 1st, you have to be better than you were before. Most of the time, New Year's resolutions are for yourself. It's part of your ego saying that you're lacking in something and you've got to do better. 
And that usually involves some part of improving you, whether it's like fitness, healthy eating, getting organized, quitting smoking, less alcohol, or like saving money. And yet when you set this New Year's resolution for yourself, including the one of having to be perfect at this resolution for 365 days of the year, that's not really setting yourself up for success. That's really setting yourself up for failure. So, and if you're not convinced, there's some brain science behind why New Year's resolutions don't work. Resolutions create the sense of obligation. And if you've ever been around a teenager, so if you're a middle school or high school teacher, you know teenagers have some backlash when there's obligation. That's actually like a brain function. Feeling obligated to do something sets us up for failure by creating this stress and activating the sympathetic nervous system, which is our body's natural fight or flight response. So even though it's not an actual threat, the stress of meeting an obligation or attempting to meet the qualifications of a New Year's resolution is really basically set up for failure. Our human biology is literally the source of us not meeting our well-intentioned list of to-dos and avoiding it like the plague. So you might be thinking, well, I do goal planning sessions instead. I don't make New Year's resolutions. No. Richard Boyatzi says in the book, Helping People Change, goals ask people to declare something to which they aspire and are supposed to achieve. For many people, this is creating that same obligation. The obligation creates and begins to add this negative process in the brain, and the goal then becomes something to avoid rather than pursue. So when we set this goal, when we begin to think about how to work towards it, this really invokes the analytical brain. So this is the part of the network that invokes our stress response and often really impairs us cognitively, emotionally, and physically. So by focusing on that goal, we tend to see what's directly in front of us and lose sight of other possibilities on the horizon. So what else is going on? The New Year's resolution usually gets made when you're on winter break, right? When your schedule isn't the same as your day-to-day routine. You put this pressure on yourself that you have to do it well without faltering, but you don't really take into account the challenges that may come your way, like tiredness, unforeseen circumstances, the kids getting sick. And then when the day comes, when you faltered for a few days in a row, it becomes easier just to accept trying again next year instead of really picking it up and keeping it going. That's just not the jam. That's not working. What I want to encourage you to do is instead set an intention for the month and then check in with yourself every two weeks. Having a system to do this is really important. So with that in mind, I want to be able to help you during that first month because January is usually the time where we come off that high from winter break or that holiday season and we kind of grin and bear it so that we can make it through the winter months of teaching. So why not just join me over in the Resilient Teacher community? We're going to be doing this live workshop just for the members over there to create your 2023 vision on Thursday, December 29th, and the recording is going to be available in the group and I'll be answering any questions you have in the comments if you can't make it live. So just so you can set your January intention and have a vision for your next year. I'm going to be answering all your questions about burnout recovery as well. So that way we're keeping you motivated and providing the accountability that you need to take action towards your vision this year. So just to recap, this is your year. This is time for you to stop some of these burnout habits in 2023. We know that burnout can be caused by a variety of factors, that excessive workload, that unrealistic expectation, that lack of support and lack of control. But in order to prevent burnout and really start the year off on the right foot, we have to avoid the four major burnout habits. We need to avoid taking on more than we can handle. 
We need to avoid letting negative thoughts and emotions really take over our mindset. We've got to stop isolating ourselves and we have to throw out the idea that we have to set New Year's resolutions. It's a new year, yes, but I want to remind you, you're already resilient. You're already making steps in the right direction towards burnout recovery. You've already recognized the hardest part, and that's the awareness that you're burned out or that it is a possibility if you continue this path. You're already making clear and actionable steps to changing your mindset around burnout just by listening to this podcast. You already know the value of educators, all of that. This is your year. Remember, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.